The song gets uh, kind of stuck in your head, doesn't it? Yep. One, two, three, four. Uh, Philip Glass for you. Um, it's from Einstein on the Beach, the knee play from that. like the way they used it. Um, this episode was just, in short, fucking amazing. Don't you think? It was intense. It was like nonstop all the way through. And, you know, I think there's, I'm saying 50-50 hate love. Um, I get it. I get that people think it's a gimmick. I don't think that's the way Ismail intended it. That's, he's saying the opposite of that's not how he intended it. Uh, it's supposed to be Birdman-like. He has never claimed that it is one shot. It's in fact 31 shots. Um... That ended up being in this episode, Runtime Error. Wanted to give the shout out to these guys because, um, it's of course, directed by Sam Ismail, written by Cordana and uh, Randolph Leon, shot by camera op Aaron Medic, using the amazing Trinity st- uh, stabilizing arm. Like he floated through these scenes. And the dude just needs, you know, he needs all the beers and vodka and hugs and belly rubs, whatever he's into, because he worked his dick off on this one. Uh, DP is Todd Campbell. You have your first AD, Justin Ritson, uh, production designer, Anastasia White, art director, Michael Ahern, set decoration by uh, Kara Zegon, and their whole team was amazing. Boom up, Robert uh, Sacchetti, and the mixer's Joe White. Now, Robert, we're told, we, we find out that they're having to dodge around in this seamless episode. He's having to, like, drop to the floor with people stepping over him and then popping up on the other side to drop in the mic to get the line. That's just, that's nuts. I can only imagine, you know, I know because you're a sound mixer, um, what fun that would be. I dabble. <laughs> you don't dabble. Um, so these guys had to, the point of this episode, right, is tracking Elliot's rele- uh, revelations over this continuous, uninterrupted 48 minutes about what's going on. All of these things that he learns. You know, he finds out about Darlene and the FBI. He finds out that Angela is working with Robot and Terrell um, to execute Stage 2. He's just finding about a lot of information. And what Ismail wanted to do was to talk about how that would unfold. Um, so he's he's not so much about, oh, I'm doing rope or I'm doing a one take wonder he's actually saying it's you know this seamless real-time reactions or or this business that Elliot and Angela have to go through you know he's trying to thwart the uh, hack she's trying to make it happen she's doing it without him and then he's like he's coming back online at the beginning of this episode as Elliot having been Mr. Robot all weekend. So this is not only like, it's just a bunch of shit. It's like, what did I do all weekend? Why am I here? What day is it? Like a lot of what the fucks. And then has to quickly catch up on the fact that um, Dark Army tried to pull off stage two at 6.07 that morning. Well, we start in the elevator, right? Well, I want to talk about a little, a few things that uh, I learned about the making of this episode, which I think are really, really cool. Um, that opening scene with Elliot coming out of the elevator, he's in there with um, Angela, that whole uh, section there of him from the elevator to his cubicle uh, where he sits down and he's talking to Samar and the whole nine, that whole thing took about nine hours to capture. Um, and I think they did 24 takes of that, which is not really a high count in some situations but for something that runs that long that's a long sequence right well wasn't the um the the first the first break was at that first door right could have been i don't know where the breaks are but it it felt like it was i don't know how they pulled off the camera going across the top of the cubicles and coming back so i don't know if that's where one of the stitches were they're calling them stitches those hidden cuts those 31 cuts Um, and I'm sure if you sat down, I'm sure somebody's already done it, sat down and figured out all the stitches. Uh, but I was just fascinated by the fact that, you know, it was like a ballet when these things happen and the crews having to dodge and duck and dive and throw things around after the fact, move things and, um, 
Todd Campbell is saying that Sam Esmail is such a perfectionist that if you know one extra did one thing out of place or you know even the actors there's a lot of pressure on them not to you know mess up they would just they had to go again because they had to get it they had to get it right um most of the rest of the the, the takes so the the sequences there were up to 15 17 takes yeah. so that but that first thing that they shoot this cubicle you know, Elliot from the elevator to the cubicle was the very first thing they shot coming back in season three. And some of the crews knew. So Todd Campbell was over here shitting his pants going, how the fuck are we going to pull this off? But then everybody started getting really excited about uh, the challenge and how the flat room gave them the opportunity. The flat white walls gave them an opportunity just to light from above. So you had more space to move around. Um, and of course, they had the fits with all of that glass and reflective surfaces, hence people having to duck and dive and shuck and roll. So, I mean, I just, I really hope to God that uh, they have somewhere on tape uh, some behind the scenes of shooting. The BTS crew. I really would, like, the BTS crew is, like, rolling under, they're having to, like, Spider-Man it on the walls, uh, if they were even there. I hope they do, because I would like to see that come off. That's that's fun shit. Have they ever had a, a, a behind the scenes on uh, robot so far? I've had a couple of little things. I don't think the show really throws a lot of that content out um, there, puts it out there. There's some stuff. There's a blooper reel and stuff like that here and there. Or maybe it's out there and I just haven't found it, but it's not on USA Network sites because I'm a basic bitch. I'm sure if you just went uh, scrabbling around and read it, somebody would unearth some shit. Um so that was kind of cool about, it was an expensive episode uh, that USA gave them, you know, got out of the way and said, hey, you know, you can be commercial free. So I I really liked it. I liked uh, that they were allowed to do this uh, and to put this together this way. So, okay. So we start, it's a Monday and Elliot's in the elevator with Angela. She's brought him to work. I guess they've, they've traveled in together because he's been with her all weekend. And this is the day of the U.N. vote uh, for China to annex the Congo. So we just started out on, on relatively benign Monday morning. And the crackling tells us that Elliot, like I said, is coming online as, you know, is Elliot and not robot. And he's kind of like looking around him like, what the fuck? I, he doesn't really know what, what he's, where he is or why he's there. And then some German dude uh, lays a proverb on him. Um, I looked up the direct translation. It was like uh, the first thing he says is every beginning is hard. The next thing he says is to begin is easy or beginning is beginning. Uh, Probably to begin is easy maybe. And then tenacity is an art in and of itself. Um, There's a German proverb out there that starting is easy, persevering is an art. And that's that's basically what's going to happen in this episode and also what has happened since the five nine hack the five nine hack is relatively easy um elliot and his crew you know pulled some things off and as tricky as they were you know but he he says to darlene on the halloween visit when they're hanging out he's like you know stage two is when the real work happens that's the that's the harder part so persevering to the bitter end on whichever side of this you're on. Are you trying to thwart it? Are you trying to uh, push it forward? So Elliot also doesn't know that over the weekend, um, Angela has called Philip Price and said, hey, I need you to to fire Elliot Alderson. He doesn't know who the fuck that is. Doesn't care. He just does his homie a favor and, and has him fired. Now, I don't know why, I guess... You can't find anybody over the weekend. Maybe the staff's not there. It's first thing Monday morning. They get into their office. They haven't gotten the edict yet. I'm kind of assuming it's something like that, that you have to go through channels and there are real human beings in HR that have to pull the switch. You know, the weird thing I just realized is that um, <clears throat> he wouldn't have been even able to get into the building because when you first walk in, you have That's to right. swipe on the turnstiles. Exactly. So I'm just putting it down to... Obviously, we have to have him in the building for a couple of reasons. So the one thing is that, okay, so he doesn't know yet. 
the WAGs have to come in, log in, get their email, fire Elliot Alderson, because he's just put his ass in his seat yeah. and confronted Samar, and then next thing you know, you know, he can't log in. And literally on the heels of that, Bobby and the Keystone Cop dudes come rolling around and to fire him. So what we also learn is that he's supposed to be a part of the stage two hack. I'm so confused by him even being involved in this because wasn't Tyrell supposed to be his own God now? Wasn't he supposed to be doing this himself with the full force of the dark army? Yeah, that that's, that's, so I don't know why we're using Elliot. Yeah. I don't, I don't get that either. It doesn't make sense. Uh, maybe there's something we're missing, but well, something happened over the weekend, probably, you know, it has to be something that, they kept Robot online all weekend, and he helped pull off some shit, right? And so, in Irving's mind, at least, it's perfectly fine that Elliot be there, but then why does Angela ban, you know, Robot's, you know, carrier pigeon is Elliot. Yeah. I don't, there's a lot of little wanky things there that made me feel like I missed something, I'm not bright, I don't know. Anyway, um, so he gets to his computer. He, you know, after his little thing with Samar, gets shut out, tries to log in. He calls up, uh, what is it, tech support or whatever, and says, I've been logged out. And, um, I mean, I can't log in. And so while he's waiting, he jumps over to Samar's computer and he gets on Kibana. And this is a, what Kibana, Kibana or Kibana is, it's an open source data visualization plugin for viewing a log stash data, meaning he views the, the dashboard to see that a, US, uh, a USP firmware update uh, failed by the Dark Army at 6.07. So they tried the Stage 2 hack at 6.07. And that's what he sees on Samar's computer. So then... Samar spots Bobby, security, and then Elliot knows. He's like, oh, this is me. I'm getting fucking fired. And now he knows he can't, he can't leave the building until he knows. He's got to figure out how the Dark Army got around his patch. He's got to do it quickly. He can't, like, leave, go to a Starbucks, you know, whatever. He's got to be on their system inside E-Corp, and he's got to figure this out. So he goes on the run, and that's where our episode really takes off is Elliot running a muck in this building trying to find an open terminal. Um, and he does. He manages to find an open terminal terminal on another floor. You know, and again, he doesn't have access with a key card. He's just some random dudes in the hallway. Um, he's got to get that other guy to he's gotta, he's open up the sir, door for him. Yeah. Sir, the guy's like arguing with his ex and like lets him in. So he gets over there and he finds out that they're using, Dark Army's using Frank Bowman's account. He's a member of this code signing architecture team and they want to assign their own firmware and bypass my patch he says and if they do that they'll blow up the downtown recovery building so his only chance is to get to the security uh, hardware modules the hsms uh, and that's on the 23rd floor so he gets in the elevator and he's kind of freaking out and he conjures up a version of robot not the robot because we know that they're estranged and cut off from each other so he conjures probably a more familiar Mr. Robot, uh, who's a problem-solving robot. And he says, you know, you need to stop worrying about these HSMs. You know, you need to think about the people in the building. And when he gets in that elevator, he has no shot at going back up. He doesn't have card access, and then security is just all out for him. So he's forced to go out um, into the lobby, and he's grabbed up by security and they do a really shitty job of escorting him from the premises the premises guys by the way is uh to the sidewalk yeah so they just they just push him out the front door um there is a protest going on outside a growing one a bigger one there's usually a protest in front of the e-court building but today it seems particularly wound up the reporter is telling us that there's various reasons for this you know the currency exchange situation, you know, corporate greed, and then someone even mentions the Congo vote. So it's a little bit more amped up, but what we also know is this is part of Terrell's plan. 
that the Dark Army needs to infiltrate this group of protesters and get into the building and go nuts to create a distraction. But before we get there, so Elliot's outside, and Darlene, by the way, has been calling him. She called him when he was in the elevator and said, dude, I couldn't find you all weekend. You know, where the hell have you been? Meet me downstairs. And we know this is Darlene. I don't know what her angle is, but she's been told directly not to tell Elliot about her working with the FBI. So here she is. She comes to him. She says they don't know that she's there. Um, I want to believe her. Yeah, I kind of believe her there. Yeah, that she, maybe she's done her own, you know, covering her trails. So he's like, dude, I got to get back upstairs to the 23rd floor. I got to get to the HSMs. And, you know, there's this thing. And she goes, hey, by the way, I was working with the FBI since the thing with Cisco when I went in. And he just all of a sudden his hearing drops out. And he's like, what the fuck? And she goes, they have all of our crew's names. They got Mobley and Trenton and all of us. And they think that Terrell's at the center of it all, and this is this is who they want. And he's like, well, hold up, back the fuck up. Since Cisco, you've been doing this, you've been lying to me, This is you, you hacked me, this is this what you, you did for them? And she's like, I was making a deal for us, dude, you know? But in the middle of him being pissed at her, he's saying to us, am I to blame for this? Not telling her how much I, mi- I miss Mr. Robot, which I found very interesting. Yeah. I mean, am I miss? I'm kind of missing the intent here. Well, I think he, I think Elliot really enjoys the the robot half of it. Of course, he does. You know the 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 whole. He's excited by it. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, am I to blame for this? Is he saying her going to the FBI and, or is he talking about the whole thing, the whole enchilada? I took it as the whole. The whole. She would say enchilada, but I mean, it, I mean, yeah, it could be what what um, you know, just uh, relating to Darlene. Uh, I, I really didn't think about that that. You didn't much. take it apart too much. No. Um, and then before he can like you know recover from my sister's been you know, hugged up with the FBI, she goes, oh, and by the way, I watched you leave around. You know, he got out at two a.m. the other day, the other night, the other morning. And I saw him uh, talking to Angela, and she knew it was Mr. Robot, and she's working with Robot, and he and he figures out the rest. Tyrell, he's like, "Oh shit, these bitches betrayed me," and you know she's like, "She's betrayed you," and he's like, "You did too," you know. But that's kind of where we leave it. And uh, what we know about these two betrayals is that Darlene is doing it out of preservation and love. And Angela... We don't know the the source of Angela yet. You know, Angela's been lied to. She's been told... Either she's been told the absolute truth that there is an alternate reality and everything she does can be undone, whether it's betraying Elliot or, you know, whatever. Um, Great. But if, if she believes everything can be undone, why not let all the people in the recovery building die and stop asking about that and just let shit fall where it may? I don't know. I'm still confused about what's going on with Angela. Um, But the biggest thing that that hit me in this scene here, besides how well it was played between Carly and Rami, I think they did a hell of a job there. I like the, I just like their interchange, is that Darlene is giving up her immunity by talking to Elliot. She has removed her cover and she could face jail time alongside of him. So she's exposed herself. And what little protection she had is now gone. If they discover this. Yeah. That's why I don't think she was wearing a wire. Oh, no. I don't think she was wearing a wire at all. But if they were to find this out, you know, did she have time as we pan away and we go around to the reporter? Does she tell him if they find out I lose my immunity? You know, hopefully he won't just go running amok with this. But one thing we do know that um, Elliot is not around when... Irving calls Angela and says, hey, there's a package in reception for you. While the Dark Army is just running through the building, also with some F Society, like, backers, lovers, protesters. And, like, as Irving says, we lit the fuse. We just, you know, we can't control the explosion. So he's like, this is our distraction. So we need you to go to get Elliot to go to this um, HSM machine and pull off this hack. 
And she doesn't even hesitate. She just immediately goes to do it herself. And so what she has to do, I was looking this up, um, the HF, the, the hardware security module is a physical computer, okay? So it safeguards and it manages digital keys that allow for, like, strong auth- authentic- authentication. Authentication. I can't say that word uh, ten times fast. And so she's supposed to clone this HSM key and then hand it off to the Dark Ar- Army so they can update the UPS malware with the, a valid key, like recreate their own key. That's the way I understood that hack. I am not a hacker. I cannot even use a PC. So that's uh, what I pulled off Wikipedia going, I think I understand. What I don't understand is if you're going to give someone this this hack to do, why don't you give them a fucking thumb drive? Why does she have to look around for yeah. a thumb drive? You, that you would have you would have thought that that would have been in the package. Too. I'm so confused. They've given you everything. They've given you gloves and you know an ID and all of this shit. You're Frank Bowman now and blah blah blah. And she almost gets nailed, by the way, by a security guy in the elevator. And he's about to pull her away to, like, you know, give her a strong talking to because he sees Frank Bowman's ID. And then Dark Army comes in and, and goes zoo on this guy. I yeah. took it that they killed him. Yeah, I see. I wasn't, you know, I didn't real, I didn't think that they were actually killing people until that scene. Where I think they, they were fucking killing people yeah. in some cases. Fuck yeah. Um, because, and, and who knows if those were Dark Army people or if those were just. People wilding out, but when she's concerned about being made by Lydia Riley, she was also made by this guy. So I don't think he's a problem because he's dead, and I think she knows that. But she's also at risk, too. No one said, hey, please keep your hands off this skinny blonde chick with the white shirt on. So she's got a – she's on the run from just crazy people in the in the hallways and locks herself into the room and, and pulls off this hack. And while she's in there, this Lydia Riley woman comes in. The, this is the C-stat room. She runs in, and we see uh, we see something on the wall we'll talk about in a minute. But she's like, you're not even supposed to be in here. Like, everybody already, everybody knows that Angela should not be where she is. It's really funny. And a Dark Army, I mean, uh, an F-Society masked dude comes in, breaks in with a fire extinguisher, and old Lydia, like, pepper sprays him. So... There's this narrow escape kind of scenario, um, and and Angela manages to to pull it off, and I think she was pretty badass in this. I I, I really enjoyed what Portia was doing with this episode and how she was just masterfully um, getting it done. And I guess I I'd have to say. That really nerve-wracking femtocell hack that she had to pull off, which, you know, she had to go back in and do something even more bold, prepared her uh, to be in this moment. I also think that, you know, Portia has said this in a couple of interviews, that, you know, these affirmations are calming that keep her from losing her shit and keep her focused. So I think she really does pull that off. Now... She probably was also practicing with Tyrell in the basement, you know, just... Oh, absolutely. I don't think she just went like, hey. Femtocell to bam. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she did that. But I think there's a lot of... Yeah, obviously. I just... I liked how calm and and collected she was. So here's the question, though. Did she pull it off? She, you know, she manages to get out the C-stat room. She puts on the F-Society mask. She puts on the hoodie. She manages to get into the elevator, and, and Elliot is calling her, by the way. He has called her before she's even done the hack, I think. And she doesn't take his call. She she refuses to call because he's trying to find her. He knows now. The jig is up. He's coming to find her. He's going to try to stop her. And he knows that the C-stat room is on the 23rd floor. And Irving, when she calls Irving and says it's done, he's a little surprised that that Elliot's not with her or Elliot's not doing the hack and that she did it. And he's like, hey, did you do all that stuff on that list? And she's like, yeah, I'm sure. And he's like, look, you need to do all the stuff on the list. And she said, I did. By the way, I was made by this chick by Lydia Riley. I don't know why she's telling Irving this shit. I wouldn't have told Irving crap. But she says, I've been made. And then... um, 
their whole reaction, his reaction is just, it's off to me. It's like, you're not even supposed to be in that room. You're not even supposed to have been there. What are you doing? It's it's like and also the, why is Hel- Elliot again? Why is Elliot part of the hack? Because he's the robot Elliot, I no. guess. It's supposed to be a part of the hack, right? It's just the, those wonky things that are are you know just trying to think of it in my own logic. It just doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, exactly. Why is he even in the building? And how did he get back in the building? Because if he's going in as robot, she shouldn't have had him fired. And if he's going in as Elliot, he's useless. Exactly. But. Because he did this very thing here. While she's running away in her mask and can't really see, and she's got you know pepper spray in her eyes, he's running behind her to the machine room, to the very place she just came from. Now, does he have a key card? Does he have access? How did, did Darlene help in some way to override something? You know, getting back into the building is not a problem now because the, everything is breached and going oh, to hell. True. But you still have to have key card access to use the elevators. So what is he using to get in? I don't know. But does, here's the big question, does Irving know that Elliot has done something? Um, Does he know where Elliot should be? Does he know something we don't know? Of course he does. Because Elliot, he had to have done something or maybe he couldn't get in anyway. So what? Well, she's talking to Elliot on the on the way down back to her floor, right in the ele- oh, no, she's talking to Irving, right in the elevator. As she's heading back to forty first. As she's heading to 41. her floor. Mm-hmm. So when, I mean, because we see him run by just as she's getting into the elevator, it's, right? It's so weird. It's, it's like- weird. Okay, but see, so so let's talk about the timing of things. So yeah, exactly. So she gets back to forty one. Hamburger Man is waiting for her. She hands him off the packet. I think it's also a little ridiculous that he, he keeps eating the same hamburger every time we see him. It's very cartoonish. We don't really need him to be eating a fucking hamburger every time we see him. Anyway, so, but that is his thing. So he's eating in the hamburger in the middle of the riot on her floor, and she gives him the package, and then he hands her a bag. Now, I, I, I'm pretty sure Dead to Rights, it's a gun in the bag, the red wheelbarrow bag. Um... And I think it's because the M.O. of the Dark Army, because she's Dark Army, is if you've been made, you know, you shoot yourself. Yeah. That's your that's their deal. And I think that's why she gets really upset when she's holding the bag. She knows what's in the fucking bag. She's made the blood oath. She's been told, you know, Irving assures her. Everybody's out of the recovery building. And White Rosie's going to make it all right. But it's a scary thing. She has to persevere, which is an, an art, Right. To go all the way to the bitter end, right? So this is why I think she's walking away and she's crying. And she's probably going to go back to her office and blow her own brains out. That's yeah. what she's thinking. Because she knows that if she sticks around, she's probably going to get blamed for the stage two hack. Because she's the one in the building. There's security cameras every fucking where. And they're going to they're gonna nail her. It's going to be her. They've also got Elliot running amok throughout the building. There's security cameras everywhere as well. So, and then, of course, we, we don't know what's about to occur, but she goes around the corner and bam, there's Elliot standing right in front of her, right in front of her office going, hey, do you want to tell me something? I don't think he had time to do anything in the C-stat room. I don't know if he even had access. He didn't have access to it because the, the outer door was open. Right. But the inner door, we heard it yeah, locking. Yeah, there were two and, doors. And, and, you know, the... the yeah. um, There's nothing he could have done. And then get back down to the mm-hmm. other floor. And you can't remote hack into those things. You, no. you have to. It's literally a physical hack that you have to do, as she did. So they gave us a really... Uh, I, I like cliffhangers like this, okay? This is a good cliffhanger. This is not, is Glenn dead uh, under the dumpster? Um Who's Negan kill? You know, it's like it was a really good one. I don't mind it because next week I'm going to get an answer. They're answering a lot of questions for us. They're not like just holding out on things or just throwing this information at us. So I'm really excited about that. And I like the way it ended. Kind of going, what's going to happen? Because, I mean, you're almost getting to the point where it's like at the very end, it's like, you know, we're really fucked here. Yes. Because the the truth is... Once the stage stage two hack is completed, right, 
There is no use for Angela. There is no use for Elliot. There's no, no use for Terrell. There's no use for Darlene. The Dark Army is going to make sure that you're, you're wiped off the face of the fucking earth. Yeah. You know, and was, was Hamburger Man always going to give Angela a gun? Uh, was he going to give her that gun to shoot Elliot and then herself? Was she always instructed to do that? Well, it was weird. It feels like that was part of the plan. They were supposed to go up there. If the plan was right, they were supposed to be together. Right. Right? I think. And she's managing Elliot. Although she's not supposed to be on that floor. So I'm a little confused about, like, were they supposed to be... I mean, I think we're going to get it answered for us next week. But I feel like Hamburger Man was always going to give her the gun. She was always going to die one form, shape, or another. And she was going to have to take Elliot with her. Right, that's what I think. It's kind of like the like the uh, the Darlene episode where you're like, oh man, something's gonna happen. Well, I mean, I don't think anybody's getting out of any of this, you no, know, unscathed. I obviously, don't think so either. I mean, I just I feel like you know, at this point, Elliot's gonna have to move to Des Moines and be a, a sheep herder because he just it's not gonna be able to get a job after you piss off E Corp. Um, he can go live in a cave somewhere, grow could, a beard. He could grow a beard. Go Split from, in two? Go Wait, from, uh, that's a movie. From a vacation home to vacation home. Yeah, shit in pots. <laughs> we have a really good idea for a... Um, so, yeah. What could be going on is that the simulation... Is it a simulation? Is it an alternate universe? There's lots of hints that that is very much what's going on. And let's talk about those clues. In this episode... Um, Elliot's badge number is 072391, which is the erroneous death or maybe the death on another timeline of Nelson Mandela. Um, he died in 2013, but there's this, this, um, Mandela effect where people have erroneously misremembered that he died literally the year after he got out of prison. Now, I don't know if that was put in a book to be a symbolic thing, but it caused this Mandela effect um, uh, coining of that phrase to come about, that people misremember an event. Like, I even did it in last episode where I thought for a, a fact I had seen Shazam starring Sinbad. So I it even happened to me when... I meant Kazam uh, starring Shaq, but that is a classic phenomenon where people believe that this film actually exists. The file for Shazam from 1996 starring Sinbad was on um, well, it was on Darlene's computer while she was hanging out in Shayla's apartment, uh, waiting, staking out Mr. Robot. So we have that on her computer. Then as Lydia Riley uh, runs into the C-Stat room, there's two red shoes on the door, and it says there's no place like, and it's 127001. Well, it doesn't say there's no place like, but it just has the red shoes and the, the 127.0.0.1, which is a loopback internet protocol. It's called the local host, so it literally means home. So the show is saying, we're not in Kansas anymore, okay? These things that we see may or may not be real, Okay, and even the reporter on the uh, the elevator and the TV um, the TV elevator when they're talking about um, what's going on with Trump or what's going on in the in the world, somebody says we need to wake up again. A line from from Wizard of Oz and the fact that Flipper looks exactly like Toto to me. Um, we got you know the big obvious ones like White Rose Jang and and. Dom are in the clock study, and Don surmises that Jang has surrounded himself with reminders of mortality. Then we have the German proverb from the opening scene, um, to push forward to the end, you know, to, to, to persevere, to get it right, to try it again. I'm, that's what I'm reading into it. And, you know, the, literally the big goddamn fucking giant Hadron Collider that White Rose is working on. And the fact that she's going to, you know, go back in time. We're going to change. We're going to, you know, all of these deads are going to have been worth it because we're going to change the world. We're going to do this thing. So it's all there. And I think that's the big twist of the series 
it's the big twist possibly of the season is that all of those things that we've been playing around with the Mandela effect and, and so forth. Um, it's all there. And I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that we're resetting back to the beginning, that it's all going to hell and that this season or this show could be resetting back to the beginning. Could be. So what are Angela and Elliot going to do now? Are they going to join forces? Are they going to fight? Are we going to see Elliot and Angela literally throw down? I think she could take him. You know, even though he threw Terrell up against the wall, I feel like Angela, you know, she's got some, she's got some, uh, some moxie. So speaking of which, so the Irving and Angela, uh, use this challenge response, uh, authentication. I can't say this word today. Um, Blankenship and he says Blankenship. She says mentor and, um, Blankenship is a reference to the mentor. He's Lloyd Blankenship. He's a hacker and he was a writer of the hacker manifesto. Okay. And then Maine's, uh, Marlin's, Marlin Spike. Yeah. Marlin Spike. And then she responds, um, Moxie. Moxie Marlin Spike, uh, Spike is a computer security researcher and cyberpunk and a co-author of the, I think it's the signal protocol. So a little, little, uh, shout outs to, um, Hacker World. Dave Kennedy, the name that Elliot gives himself. He calls himself Henry, calls himself other things, but he calls himself Dave Kennedy in the um, conference room when he busts in for the meeting, the sales meeting. Dave Kennedy's a famous hacker. Um, I I love that the show had to tell us where Flipper was because I would have been distracted by that. That Darlene gave Flipper to Elliot's landlord because he left her all weekend. You are a terrible dog owner, Elliot. Uh, well, maybe Elliot's a great dog owner, but Mr. Robot sucks. Um, I also love the scene where Elliot finally confronts his coworker Samar. This is uh, I love Rami Youssef as Samar. I mi- I literally love this guy. I know we're not going to probably see him in any future seasons, but he's like our Floyd uh, from um, is it Lloyd or Floyd from season one? You know the the Asian dude who was always talking about finger blasting. He was talking about oh yeah yeah yeah. So this guy. Um, just starts right in like, oh, E, I was like unlocking, you know, achievements all weekend into Sunday. And Elliot says, every morning starts like this graphic sex talk. Thankfully, I'm able to tune it out. When people talk like this, they, they're either insecure or they're full of shame. Which one do you think it is? And he's supposed to be talking to us, but he talks out loud and says this to Samar's face. And Samar kind of like goes through all the stages of buttheartedness. And finally is grateful to Elliot that he could confide in him and now they're best buddies. Like Samarin just on a dime goes from, you're an asshole to, okay, I've only had sex one and a half times. And in the middle of like Elliot trying to figure out what he did over the weekend, there was some weird thing about a kidnapping. I didn't pick up all of what Samar was saying. but like, I, I think it was like, you know, one of the, he said something about rub and tug and then it was like, it was one of those uh, women who were kidnapped and forced over here. Oh, that's what it was. I was like, yeah, holy shit, dude. Um, there's some just dark shit on this show in general, but like there's just really deep, dark pockets sometimes. So anyway, when he gets locked out, you know, Elliot jumps over in Samar's um, deal, but as he has to flee, he says, you know, distract them for me, stall them. And I love that Samar's stall is that Elliot likes to take a dump in one of the nicer bathrooms on floor 11. <laughs> he told me he was crowning his whole He's commute. Crowning his commute. <laughs> I could just see Elliot crowning on his commute. Which is funny is like um, Bobby, when she walks in, this is the head of HR, right? Or head of security, I think. Um, Maybe he is, she is head of HR. Like, I don't know. She's like, Samara, I told you these, uh, uh, what is it? What her, we talked about these microaggressions. Yeah, it's like, does... Do they know of Samar up there at HR? Is of he, they is he do. like a problem with for them? I think he's one of those guys where, you know, they hired him and he's a diversity hire and they can't really get rid of him. <laughs> you know? And I noticed they put the two uh the two brown dudes get to sit together. Um and I love that Elliot's such a dramatic bitch. He's uh 
he's talking to the lady and she's like, oh, no, you did such a good job about like doing the backups locally. And he's like, I can't talk now, Janet. I have an IT emergency. And it's like, it's so funny how dramatic Elliot can be. <laughs> he's such a drama queen. Oh, and then I love the executive dude. He's like talking to the security guys and he has his hand down low and he's like, yeah. short guy? The short, the sh- the short guy? <laughs> I know I haven't seen him. I'm like, the pot shots that they take at Rami, pretty funny. And then I love that uh, Rami flipping the donut in the guy's bowl. Plus, it's just the way he kind of went, oh shit, we're not going to do this tech again. Please, let's not do this tech again over this. I just touched the guy's donut. And then he pulls the, <laughs> I pulled it back over to himself like, stop touching my donut. Also, who has nothing but just a pile of chocolate donuts in a meeting? Like, is that everybody's favorite? It's not even a popular donut. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of like... The sales team is just the worst. Yeah, because the other other guys, the execs have shrimp uh, cocktail. Right. They've got chocolate donuts. Jesus, nobody knows how to eat in this place. And then there was a funny little shout-out. Because Elliot is an ageist... He got his ass kind of handed to him by Edie, our whiteout sniffer. He's like, oh, I'll go over there to the old lady. She'll be, like, totally out of the know about her machine and stuff. And she lays some, like, she lays some tech talk back on him. Like, he goes, I think I might have picked the wrong candidate. So she show, she takes him over to, um, she says, it's not me, but I think I know the culprit. And takes him over to Bernie Bro of Fred's desk, who's just blasting Blues Traveler's uh, runaround. On his headphones. And I love that they have a Bernie bro in here. And he manages to get on and find out about the, the Bowman guy that they're using. So Elliot, Elliot in that in that little exchange, gets right up in that dude's he face. Does. He's just like... Well, he, and, and I like... Thank you for pointing that out because I'm like, Mr. Robot doesn't, you know, isn't just a completely different aspect of Elliot. You know, Elliot can get... He can get in your face. But yeah, he was right there in his face. This is not up for the debate. And the guy was like, whatever, dude. What? I'm in the break room. Ah. Um, all this time, and I've said this before when we've talked about Robot, and I guess I was wrong this entire time. One of those huge things I've missed. Um, that Trenton was on the, the FBI board. She was, was she? Just, she? And I found it on Reddit. I was like looking around for it today because when Darlene says to Elliot outside, she's like, we were all up there, you know, me, you, Trenton, Mobley. And I'm like, wait a minute. How was Trenton's face up there? Because every time I go and watch that season finale, Python 2, yeah. from last season, you don't see it. But I guess they just don't show it. But there is a screen grab of both. There's Dom standing in front of the board and then um, then um, Darlene standing in front of the board. Same board. And she's down in the far left corner so maybe okay. she was just always out of shot but this entire time i thought that i was on to something that yeah. oh trenton hasn't been found out but sadly enough on the fbi's board both of their faces are x'd out oh really mm-hmm. so wait trenton's face is x'd out and so is uh Mo- wow. yeah so i'm a little i have to go check that out again yeah yeah need to go do some board talk Gotta go break that board down. Um, I also missed the Matrix reference of Irving eating the ribs in the last episode, too. So I was like, oh, well, that seems familiar. It's like, I know the steak isn't real. And Cypher says in a Matrix, I know the steak isn't real, but man, it's delicious. I guess another hint, one more hint, that Irving is aware that there's an alternate universe, another timeline, another whatever, another dimension, and that maybe everything that's happening around us is made in a lab or isn't real. And this is his sort of take on it. But it's, it's a shout-out to The Matrix. Yeah. Again, Ismail loves that movie. The, your, your perception of reality is actual not exactly reality. Or you, you create your own perception. I wonder if the season or the show ends with them you know, going back to one, going back to, all the way back to Hello, Friend. Are people going to just like flip the tables, just throw shit, drive into ditches screaming? I don't know. This is all – all these characters are – in someone's mind. They live in a giant's eyeball. And it's just repeating itself on yeah. loop. I don't know. But I do like that we're in a place where it's it just all seems really impossible and, and everybody's backed into a corner. And Angela got a she got a paper bag full of gun. 
And Elliot is not going to be cool with this. And will he flip to Mr. Robot? Will he? I don't know. I'm very excited about one. I know that he gets into a fight with himself because I think he throws himself against the wall in the previews. Yeah. The, He's you know, choked himself before, so I, I would imagine that he would throw himself against the wall. Those, that that uh, preview for the next week, um, it doesn't really – it's too short. Too short. <laughs> I mean, that's what I felt about these 48 minutes. It's like I think we both talked about – Another 20 minutes, please. Yeah, just a little bit longer. Please. I mean. This is going to be a satisfying uh, season to watch when it's all said and done, just to sit down and kind of clock them back to back. I still enjoy going back to season one. Still enjoy popping into season two. Uh, But to watch this whole thing threaded through season one, two, and three, that'll be an enjoyable watch. And I will do it. There's going to be how many seasons of this? I mean, I'm, I'm feeling four. Four. I'm feeling like they're going at such a, a a a steady clip that I see them doing four, and I don't even see it being a full ten. I think he'll just like tell his tell his story and be done with it. Yeah, well, you know, really cool. Just as far as saying, going back to it, like before four comes out, get to watch one, two, and three all the way through. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I I enjoyed it. It was a very good episode. I mean, it was it was. I mean, it just nonstop. The story was great. The way they shot it was great. Um, you know, there was a lot of... It was just... It was action-packed. It's not like it has been in the past. Yeah, and again, I, it's it's cool that they shot it the way that they shot it, but I really wasn't even paying attention to that. I mean, every time I'd start the episode, I'd try to be aware of, oh, where's the shots? And I just quickly didn't care because... Um, I was there to kind of see them get shit done and get business done, you know. And I liked that – I guess what I loved about the way they shot it is that the actress seemed a little bit off. You know, Rami had moments where he he felt off kilter, but Elliot's off kilter because he's on the lam inside this building. Yeah. So I, I appreciated that kind of performance to uh, Portia's calmness, um, the way she held – her shit together the entire time. You know, he's like, Janet, I can't talk. I have an IT emergency. And she's like, oh, they're just hard drives, Mr. Officer. <laughs> they're not really a healthy choice for a Steve. I mean, stuck in the elevator with you right now, fuck. She doesn't, and even like the only reason her mascara is actually running is because she's got pepper spray. Um, and she only, she breaks at the very end. Yeah. When she knows that she's, you're going to have to do this thing, whatever this thing is. That's when she starts to to show the cracks, to show that she's not made of stone and that she's falling apart. I wonder if, you know, now we're going to have Elliot, Angela, and Darlene sort of coming back together and fighting for their lives essentially I don't know. together. I don't know. I mean, because right... And then dying together. Those are two huge... Yeah, a film on Louise, if you will. They're just going to ride off one of the, the buildings. Um, with Flipper, you know, somewhere going, yeah, motherfuckers, take me out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And I like that I don't know. Yeah. I do know that strongly been hinted at the alternate universe, not time travel, um, but the Mandela effect, uh, illusion, and that yeah. and that mystery is really cool too because like we've been we've been hearing these these rumors, so like when I'm watching it, I'm like, are, can I find clues of that would fit into this? And I'm like, I can't find anything. <laughs> I mean, how are you going to stitch this together? Or they're so they're so fucking obvious that when you finally learn like the thing, you're like, oh my god. Yeah. But I don't like try I mean I'm not a big huge egghead. I'm, I'm I'm not even sure that I'm that bright. Um but I I I do like that the show doesn't dumb anything down. And it does take several watches and I still miss shit. And I mean I've watched season 1 like what five times, six yeah. times. I have no fucking idea now. And I still go, "Oh shit, really? Oh fuck. I still catch things." Um and I don't like go you know digging through Reddit so much. People have some really cool theories on there. But I like my ideas to be my own, especially when we do the podcast, so I don't know. I know there's a lot of people who 
Sam has even said have come very close to nailing it, and people have called out the the plot lines ahead of time before. Um, and that's cool when they get it right. I just kind of like to just be surprised every week. Yeah. I don't want anybody to spoil the show for me, and I don't know if I want to even figure it out ahead of time. You know? I just want next Wednesday to hurry up. I have to say the biggest struggle for me every week is that it comes on at 10 o'clock on the West Coast, and there's no way around it. Yeah. There's no way to fucking cheat my time and watch it. And I haven't worked it out yet. Again, maybe it's because I'm not so bright. I have well, no, they're no not, fucking glue. They're not doing what HBO does. HBO, once it hits you know, Showtime on, on the East Coast, it's on their app. Right. It's ready to go. So they're they're you know they're being stingy over there. Stingy bastards. All right, guys, that's going to be it for this episode. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Any your favorite lines, favorite moment you want to? No, I I, I didn't have a, a was it red wheelbarrow understands moment. <laughs> you didn't go. Oh, you didn't like Samars, you know. And I was I'm just okay. going to give you my my maybe the dope ass anecdotes. The crown. Uh, he's. Uh, He's crowning his commute. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Yeah, he was crowning his commute. Yeah, that's a good one. I think I had to say a lot of things that Samar did. I liked the I liked um I liked the short reference. Um Yeah. <laughs> I liked how off kilter uh he was. I liked his little speech in the sales meeting that just seemed like such rah rah bullshit. Yeah. And they're all looking at him like, who is this creep and why is he in our building? Also, the fact that they seem to have a dress code at E-Corp. And they had a problem with this dress code over at, like... All Safe. All Safe, which is, like, a tiny company compared to E-Corp, right? So how is he getting away with dressing like this? I, well, but he... I don't know. I, I mean, he know. wears a nice shirt, but he's yeah. wearing, like, fucking Converse or whatever to, like, work. So, anyway, it's very strange. So... Our messages do not leave us. Stay focused. And uh, you and I were off to go and tailgate at a Yo-Yo Ma concert. So we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Oh, once upon a midnight period, I walk with something in my head.